Welcome to the podcast of Conversations with Friends, heard every week on KAOI Radio in Maui, Hawaii. Good morning. Welcome to Conversations with Friends with Mary Almwake, exploring ways to live our lives more fully in this wonderful world. We welcome your calls and thoughts at 242-7800. Conversations with Friends is brought to you on KAOI by Unity of Maui, where the heart is at home. Now, here's your host, Mary Almwake. Well, good morning, Maui. It's great to be here today. We're here in the studio with our producer, Jim Jacobson. How are you, Jim? I am great. It's a beautiful day. It's a spring is here. You've, wow. And, but there's a nice crispness at night, and the mm. wind that we've been having is mm. just totally like refreshed everything, and mm. it is just so gorgeous. Have you been up country to see the jacaranda? I have not. Oh, boy. Well, there should be a traffic jam this weekend. They are just take your breath away right because the fields are so green yeah and that purple it just jumps out how long do they stay in bloom you know uh, they it's a whole variety because you know they kind of come in and go out right but not you know the leaves come out and take over but they're in like when they're just solid purple and then the purple just falls on the ground it just makes a purple snow covering this is the maui equivalent of uh leaf peeping in the fall in like new england is that right i think so it's it's exquisite and it's uh for those of us who live in in Lahaina, Kihei, Wailea, it's mm-hmm. a totally different vibration. Mm. When you go up country, it's like living on a different island. Yeah. I mean, it's so beautiful. And you go up and you see it, and it just, wow. So I, if you haven't been up there, a great time to go up to the wine country. Oh, that, yes, that, wow, that sounds lovely. And you said you found a place in Haiku. You found this place, saw a spot in Haiku that you could see sunrise. And sunset. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Back about, about, about fourteen and a half miles. Yeah, you're going towards yeah. uh, past Haiku on the, on the marker. Some of those streets that go Macaw side uh-huh. up, 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 and you'd up, go yeah. up and then you turn around. I was doing a wedding and I was stunned. We had the moon coming up over Haleakala and we had the sun setting, oh. obviously in the west. Yeah. and we had this amazing look. Uh, oh, it just took my breath away. I didn't know you could do that. that we, see, it's great. Even if you've lived here a while, you we keep discovering new, beautiful things about this amazing island. Home. Oh, I love it. You know, I was I was talking to the wedding couple about doing the back way to Hana. It is yeah. exquisite. It's a day trip. You just go real slow. Oh, it feels like you're in Scotland when you look out there and just see those those hills, and, and then it goes with la- Scotland with lava. I can see you going, huh? I, well, I was just going to say the back way. Are you no- sure the back way? Yeah, no, I mean, okay. there's nothing out there, but it's just, it's just, oh, it's just. Oh, okay. The, the, I haven't the, been the, to Scotland. Oh, but what I see uh, is, you know, it looks like you're on the moon. There's mm-hmm. a stretch where it's just rock. Yeah. And then it's like Serengeti, if you've ever been to Africa. Mm-hmm. And then you go down into those, like this old Hawaii, just, yeah. uh, you know, with just, you feel the presence. It's before you get to the little church where Lindbergh is buried. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's exquisite. Well, today's word today in the Daily Word Gym is harmony. And, uh, you know, beauty has always been an expression of God. Harmony is an expression of the divine. And so it's just an invitation for all of us to pause. I love the daily word. And it's a way of just centering and knowing over a million people are focusing on the idea of harmony. Uh, the daily word, if you don't get it, it's free. You can call Unity and we'll send you out one. And you can subscribe if you like. But uh, the scripture is from Romans, May the... God may the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another. That is that is a great a, prayer for the whole world? That's a we we need a little bit more of that in our world these days. Well, well, you know, and we're certainly getting the test with all the um, uh, decisions that have to be reached with the Akaka Bill mm-hmm. and with immigration in the mainland. Mm-hmm. And what an opportunity for us to go up higher. That mm-hmm. we we certainly can't find. What did Einstein say? You won't find the solution the level at the that, level that created the problem, it. That the problem was created at. Yeah, yeah, the consciousness that created the conflict that you're currently in. And this is as true for you and me in our personal relationships mm-hmm. as in the planet. Mm-hmm. But there's a presence of power that does flow, especially in harmony. I've I've always said the Holy Spirit flows Mm -hmm. in harmony. Mm -hmm. And that's why if you haven't made the choice for love, a radical love, Mm -hmm. then you 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 miss out on what is always present. I love Ken Wilber calls God the always already. Always (laughs) already. Always already. There's nothing magnificent, powerful, perfect that isn't always already. Mm-hmm. And I love that idea. That is, that's fantastic. And the whole concept of it being in harmony and congruent and just flowing easily. And so the affirmation that we're using today, Jim, is through the love of God within me, I bring harmony to every situation 
around me. Wow. And it's within you. And, mm-hmm. and we're going to be talking with an author today. Uh, uh, the book that she wrote is called The Trance of Scarcity. Victoria Castle will be on in a little bit from Seattle. Mm-hmm. And she's, she, told, she tells us about how to increase abundance in our life by looking at some fun things. And, and I think the second part of her book we'll get into, but she talks about the importance of pleasure to help undo this trance of scarcity. Well, Maui's working on that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Jim, we're going to be right back with the author of um, The Scarcity, Trance Trance of Scarcity, scarcity. Victoria Castle. But first, let's take a quick break from the uh, wonderful people that make this program, Conversations with Friends, possible. And we do want to let you know, if you're just catching us for a few minutes, that we do Sunday every week at the Maui Tropical Plantation, 10 o'clock. But this week, this week only... We are the Unity Mobile <laughs> Blessing Machine, and we will be at the Maui Beach Hotel in Kahului, right across from the Queen Ka'amana Center. Wonderful little room there, right at the parking lot. Just You'll see the balloons and find the people. Wonderful Children's Sunday Spiritual Church. Great location. Great location. Easy air condition. Very nice, easy. We'll be there at 1030, silence at 10. Mm-hmm. So uh, just for this week only, and then we'll be back at the Maui Tropical Plantation. So take a listen to the people that make the program possible, and we'll be back with author Victoria Castle. Thanks Conversations with Friends with Mary Omwick is a presentation of Unity on Maui. We are a trans-denominational community and invite you to join us in Sunday morning celebration at 10 a.m. at the Maui Tropical Plantation in Waikapu. Unity also offers children's church and nursery services. If you'd like to join our families of sponsors on Conversations with Friends, please call us at Unity at 242 242- Nine three two seven. Do you dream of owning a home or consolidating debt with the refinance? Hawaii's premier mortgage company can make your dream of owning your home in paradise a reality, or they can help in the refinance of your existing home with their experience guaranteed lowest rates, exceptional customer service, and a little magic. Premier Mortgage can get you a home loan to fit your needs. To find out about Hawaii's premier mortgage various loan programs, call Trisha Morris and the magicians at either office location. Call Premier Mortgage in Kihei at 874-8800 or in West Maui, call 665-8800. And now, back to Conversations with Friends. We are back on the air. We are going to be speaking with Victoria Castle uh, Castle from Seattle. Victoria Castle Theater at the MAC. Are you with us? I'm here, yes. How are you? I'm very well. Delighted to be with you. How's the weather there in Seattle? It's about 85 degrees and sunny. Whoa. That sounds like <laughs> you know, Maui. It's too warm for us. <laughs> and sunny? I, I didn't, I, I, maybe that's just a rumor that it rains all the yeah, time. No. Is that, it's, it's never pretty here. Never pretty here. <laughs> that's well, what they say. Stay away. Stay away. Yeah, no. I, I live there anytime, Jim. You live in a place where they, they on the d- daily news, have sunburst. The sun was out for 45 <laughs> minutes today. You know, you're, you know, that we don't do that here in Maui. It's like. No. In fact, one time it rained for four days, and then big headlines in the paper. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, four is, days without sun, and it was like, never. Hey, Victoria, it's really great to talk to you. You've been at a wonderful conference with some of my favorite people on yeah. spiritually inspired activism or social activism. and That, that is a Jake adding a little <laughs> sound effects to say, hey, activism's cool. <laughs> We have a new engineer who, uh, Jake and who who gives us these little treats. And we like him. Victoria, you've written a book uh, after 20 years of working with some of the leading corporations in the world, Hewitt-Packard and uh, Capital One and uh, Microsoft, not to name drop, but some of the biggies. You, you wrote this book and uh, called The Trance of Scarcity. And a trance, I mean, that's kind of an interesting... You know, I always talk about the illusion or we fell asleep, but I like that idea of a trance. What does it mean? Well, for me, part of why I call it a trance is because it has us operate a certain way. And it's invisible to us. So, to me, the trance of scarcity is the unquestioned predisposition that we have, both culturally and for most of us personally, that lack, separation, and struggle are our defining reality. So talk about delusion. I mean, it's, it's a very gripping one, because if we are really living our lives out of not-enoughness, either I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, smart enough, lovable enough, or, or there's, there's not, not enough, enough. There's, there's not, not enough, enough time, money, love, cooperation, or whatever, it decides 
what we'll do and not do in our lives. How do we fall into this trance? Well, most of us as Westerners were have been kind of marinated in it. <laughs> From <laughs> the know, beginning. The, the, the good Puritans left us with some very strong <laughs> feelings. You've been raised you earn in your way up. scarcity you know, you, soup. Right, you fell from grace and all those things. And then certainly just if you look at what we're up to culturally, the emphasis is always on what's missing, mm. how you're supposed to be, which is always other than you. Mm. Hey, if you really want to be successful, you need more this, you need more that, whether it's more degrees or more cars or a bigger bank account or a smaller clothing size. Or a different deodorant. Anything, anything that would keep us in pursuit of rather than already inhabiting our fullness and wholeness and completeness. And that's what that's what the market, I mean, that's what Madison Avenue is all about. All the commercials, all the advertisements right. we see is, are telling us that. So we're marinated in this from, I guess, childhood? Is I, this I, some- for most of us. And, you know, even very well-intending parents, my parents, who yeah. grew up in the Depression, started training me to not expect too much, to make do to understand that not everybody gets a share, so either hurry up and get to the front of the line or be a really good sport and expect not to get any. All of the things that keep us in this sense of, I'm separate, I don't belong, I have to earn my way in, well, that's the most I can hope for, I better just get used to it. Mm-hmm. And for me, what, what really brought about the book was seeing that this was, something was per- pervasive for most of my clients and students about the who me, oh, I could never, oh, no, I couldn't expect that, that'll never happen for me. And I, I really went on the hunt for what is this that has all of us? And there seems to be this predominant theme of what's precluding us from our innate greatness is this story of not enoughness. Mm. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's, it is pervasive, and it, it is the legions. I mean, it has a thousand different ways of presenting that core idea there's something flawed. And you know the basic covenant that uh, that a lot of people don't know about in the Old Testament with that God made with Noah. The basic covenant was nothing missing, nothing broken. <laughs> that that was the covenant of the divine to humanity after mm-hmm. it cleansed it with the flood. And and we don't teach our kids that. There's no. nothing missing in you. There's nothing broken in you. It's all here. And that, you know it's it's you know. But we we're born into it. And however you think you might be flawed, broken, or just de- you're so right. It determines every relationship you have. And what do you think about kids that are born into families where there is opulence and abundance? Isn't it amazing to you they can go bankrupt and be rich again in about six months? <laughs> well, if the story in there somewhere still is there's not enough or uh. look out because you could lose all this or, mm. hey, you know, mm. you have to be a certain one to be able to have mm. it, then we'll just trip ourselves up right back into mm. Oh, that's right. There's not enough. And this is one of the things that took me a long time to see, Mm. is that people that have plenty in terms of freedom and power and Mm -hmm. uh, certainly things and money, most of them still operate in the story of not enoughness. Oh, yeah. Which is why they can justify hoarding or the elitism of we have it, you have to go take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. How about great big tax bricks for the millionaires? Yeah, I mean, is that, that they got, I mean, here you, I'm, how many homes do you need? <laughs> or how, how many of the millions, how much of that $47,000 do you, you need back out of your taxes? Mm-hmm. You know, that the guy who makes 20000 gets $3. Yeah. You know? And, and only because the leaders still are hooked in the story of, not enough, got to take care of ourselves, would they ever behave that way? Absolutely. If they honestly knew. If they understood the law of karma, they might not do it either. I mean, there's <laughs> yeah, well, a, there's there's a lot of things that could, if we could, could just if we gently, could just lovingly um, remind people, everything I sow, I reap. And, mm-hmm. and if I sow this consciousness of lack, I reap a consciousness of lack, whether it's 20,000 or 200 million. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but you watch somebody like a Bill Gates now that's just, you know, somehow reached it, I've got enough, and he's given it away. And you've seen that, and, and Ted Turner, I think, started that, you know, in terms of these 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 people who have amassed enormous wealth, self-made, and uh, they have now, you know, I think, wasn't it Andrew Carnegie who said that I spent the first half making my fortunes and I'm going to spend the second half of my life giving it away? Mm-hmm. And, and so, for all of them, there's a fundamental principle about belonging to something bigger than just themselves. Mm-hmm. There you go. 
There you go. And if we're in the story of not enoughness, then it's it's understandable why people get very narcissistic. Mm. Uh, I better take care of me. Mm. I need to have enough. I need to be comfortable. Mm. I need to feel good about myself. Mm. I'll get to the rest of you Mm. after I finish with me. After I finish (laughs) with me. And, you know, this is something we we talk about. We know that tithing is a spiritual Mm. discipline. The the spiritual principle that permeates all creation is generosity. Mm As I'm generous, I reap this abundance of infinite good. But it it's a discipline. Tithing is putting the divine first, knowing you're always in a flow. And you get that. up. It's just like somebody who works out. They don't have to think, i got to go work out. They just have patterns and ways of eating and and exercising. They have healthy bodies and healthy mindset. And, and this um, awareness, um, these fundamental principles are so important. And I think your book, besides defining the trance, gives you some wonderful steps out and i'm wondering if you can like maybe help us take the first step out of breaking free of this trance because it it, it, like you said it does permeate and even if you're doing really well you anytime you turn on the tv you learn one more thing you have to have hey i need that my life or some way that you're deficient yeah you're not something right yeah so what's the first step i think the first step is to see it is to really be able to see we are living inside of a story that we give complete complete allegiance to mm. and that we treat that story like it's truth. So being able to separate out the difference between truth and interpretation. And, and it's tricky because part of what we humans do is decide what things mean. You know, somebody walks into a meeting 10 minutes late and all we know is that they walked in late, but everybody in that room can make up a story about why they're late. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not responsible, they're not organized, they think they're better than we are. Well, they must be really busy and important, whatever it is. Or their mother called them and said she's got terminal cancer. There you go. And if you knew that, uh, it would shift everything, wouldn't it? Totally. Right. I mean, we just don't know. So the fact that we will decide what something means and then tenaciously hold on to it like it's the absolute truth. So... To be able to see, first of all, it's just like, hey, man, there is a big story that got us all called not enoughness. <laughs> and I've been organizing my whole life around not being enough. So rec- so the first step is to recognize it. Yeah, to just recognize that it exists. And, and fundamentally, one of the primary premises for me is that our experience of abundance or scarcity or really anything, but certainly in, in this particular looking, our experience of abundance is dependent on our inner state, not outer circumstances. Mm. Now, that's not new. No, but that's huge. If You you know, I love the fact, Victoria, that you are finding a clever, bright, brilliant way to state things that have been stated a thousand times, but people will read this and it'll click. That's it. They couldn't hear it in the other language. It's well, really I'm hoping that's the case because I wrote the book to be very, very accessible to people. Yeah, so and it doesn't not to people like us who have been steeped in these great teachings exactly. for years. But for I mean, I have business clients that are now having their teams read this book. Yes, that's great. It's very and uh, it's just very practical. I can just as I'm just glancing through some of your examples, and you're using a very universal language that isn't uh, in a spiritual realm or self-help realm. It's just practical. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Good for you. This trance that we're caught up in, and, and it's, I think the challenge is it's inside of us. I think it's, we've embodied a story that was a lie, you know, and if we can just, it's like a movie. We know when we go home from the movie, the movie's over. Sometimes we're still impacted by the characters. But with this one, it's like we wake up in the morning and it's still playing. It's like the somebody put on the, yeah, going, yeah. yeah, they put it on automatic. And, you know, so you walk out into your day and, there it is again. What is it, Groundhog Day? <laughs> it would over and over. So over what's the second over. step yeah. once we recognize it, Victoria? Well, I, so I think that the two pieces to, okay. to our internal state are the stories we tell ourselves mm-hmm. and literally how those stories live in our body, how mm. we embody those stories. So ah. one is to see what story I'm giving allegiance to ah. and choose a new one. Mm-hmm. And then two, what, what are the ways of being how do I operate in my life? That, that what practices am I uh, do I take on that match the story? The negative so, story. So what's yeah, the example? So for, and, and the embodiment piece to me is critical because we've all done a huge amount of conceptual work. Everybody gets that exercise is important. How many people go do it? Everybody understands that if you take time for your inner life, your outer life goes better. How many people do it? It's the translating it into to it really gets into our nervous system. So you can think of it as our habits, 
our habits of thinking, habits of acting, our immediate reactions, they're wired into our nervous system and our muscles. Hmm. So it isn't just about thinking different thoughts. It's about literally reorganizing my whole psychobiology, the whole self of me. And that means being in practices, whether it's practices of generosity, like tithing. That's why it's such a brilliant, powerful practice to people, because the more they do it, the more it becomes part of how they operate. Or practices of being genuinely curious, or gratitude, or... um, uh, trusting the universe as opposed to always having to control it. I understand. I understand the gratitude part. I certainly understand the tithing part. But tell me about the curiosity part. What's that about? Well, the thing that I see here, the correlation about story and soma, this somatic, this embodiment piece, mm-hmm. is that it involves whenever we're in some kind of uh oh, there's not enoughness. There's contraction going on in our system. Contraction may be that I'm holding my breath or tightening my forehead or pulling my shoulders together or any kind of like, uh-oh, it's not going to work, got to bear down, work hard, get away from it, whatever. We, we automatically, our system organizes around that. We call those type A personalities. Well, yeah, except all of us have that reaction. Mm-hmm. Even the laid-back people under stress have some kind of tightening that takes place. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is, that, is that part of the Calvinistic uh, influence, you know, w- that you alluded to earlier that is just inbred into our culture that... I, I sure think it could be because we're always kind of cringing like, oh, what went wrong now? Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> it keeps us in what I call kind of a chronic clinch. Oh. And that tightening, that contraction, and, and one of my favorite phrases is contraction is the breeding ground for scarcity. So what so the heck is somatics? I mean, I'm, I think some people are sitting here, and you do talk about that in your books. Yes. What does it have to do with abundance? I, I guess you're getting there. I'm just trying to... Yes, thank it's, you. That, it comes perfect. into my muscles, and it lives there. I mean, help me understand it. Yeah, I know, what are we talking about here? Yeah. Well, to finish this thought about okay. why cur- curiosity, yeah. because if I'm contracted, my, my listening will start moving toward judgment. Ah. If I'm at ease, breathing mm. freely, my muscles are relaxed, mm. my heart has room mm. to be open, I'm much more likely to stay curious mm. and out of judgment. Huh. And that shows me things in the world that judgment can't show me because it'll have me hunkered down going, okay, what's the problem here? How do I take care of it? What's the way to keep safe? How do I, all of those sort of things. Mm. So somatics, is soma, the Greek word soma really meant the living self as a whole, mind, body, spirit, all of it. It was before Descartes came along and decapitated us and just had us be thinking beings and not feeling beings. Mm. And when the ancient Greeks were looking at the ideal citizen, they saw four components. One was that someone be physically fit and well. The next one was that they be mentally alert and clear thinking. The third was that they be emotionally mature and balanced. And the fourth is that they have a spiritual or moral core, and they saw that that lived in the soma, the whole body, the intelligence of this whole intricate system working together. So if, if people, um, well, well, you can just do this right now, tighten your breath or don't breathe at all, pull your shoulders forward, um, furrow your brow, clench your fist, um, squeeze your buttocks. And then say to yourself, life is completely trustworthy. (laughs) It doesn't work. It it, it doesn't work. And that's the coherence is that we have to be coherent Uh in what we're Mm. organizing ourselves around or we have something very disjointed. And I've watched people. So you actually are getting people to shift their physiology? Yes. And and I think psychobiology is a very useful word Mm. that the psychological aspect, and I would certainly say the spiritual aspect, and the biological aspect of me. If for years what my body's been practicing is struggle and hunkering down and forcing and holding my breath, then I really don't have much of an experience of ease and flow. And the idea of trusting the universe seems a little ludicrous. So when you were talking about uh, embodying this trance of scarcity, you truly meant embody to really feel it in our bodies. Oh, yeah. So what yes. is the physiology or the psycho... I like that word. What do you call it? Psycho- Psychobiology. Psycho-biology, yeah. What's the stance that we should assume to help uh, get rid of, the, to annihilate this this trance? <laughs> well, abundance, if, if 
contraction is the breeding ground for scarcity, then flow is the essence of abundance, that ease, that unrestricted movement of life. So we should dance. So dancing is great. Breathing is a huge piece. It's it's astounding to me how little we know how to breathe. And I don't mean like taking it on as a big art. I mean actually fully inhaling and exhaling. (laughs) So many of my clients, you know, hold their breath or breathe very shallowly or don't ever exhale. They just go on to the next thing. So breath is a great ally. And then to make friends with gravity. I, I remember one client that said... Oh, I, I have, I, I've been making friends with gravity. What do you mean? <laughs> well, you know, we kind of fight a bit against, like, oh, no, I'm sagging. But yeah. it, it, someone said it the other day, uh, gravity is so in love with your body. Let it have it. <laughs> <laughs> and one of my clients used to say she realized she was holding herself up by her eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she was just squeezing up, those. trying to get up, trying to get up, trying to get up. Well, letting our weight relax down so that the earth holds it and we're not trying to cart ourselves around above it. Those two alone release an immense amount of effort that we're using every single moment. So it's the way we breathe, it's the way we move. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, the, it's the tightness we may hold in our system of, you know, uh, um, people that, uh, because they want to make sure that they get things right, Yeah. Um, we might jut our head forward. We might really strain our eyes, clench our jaws, tighten our neck. All of that out of wanting to make it work because, you know, it doesn't work, so you got to work extra hard to make it work. Well, if I've done that for 40 years, yeah. <laughs> my body really doesn't know what being at ease feels like. Uh-huh. I was just having this conversation <laughs> with, with, with uh, my fiancé, Molly, yesterday, and she was talking about how rolfing would help. And, and literally about that, and literally, it's almost this is deja vu about this dialogue about the importance of gravity and allowing the Earth to hold our weight. Is that? I mean, do you? Do you do, what do you think about something like rolfing, or what well, are? I th- think I think rolfing, Feldenkrais. Uh, mm-hmm. These are brilliant modalities that really are attending to let aliveness move in our system rather than blocking it out. Hmm. That, that if you think of it like a garden hose, most of us have a couple kinks in the hose. Mm-hmm. So it isn't about, and I, I really appreciate what you said earlier, it's not about fixing ourselves. I think it is about freeing ourselves, freeing up our divinity, freeing up our aliveness, freeing up our capacity to be in the world. And not like, oh, I'll be a better person as a result. It's like, no, I'll simply have more access to the person that I am. Victoria, can you stay on for the second half? This is a great conversation. Sure, I'd love to. We've got to uh, take a break because we really appreciate the sponsors that make Conversations with Friends. We're talking with author Victoria Castle, a great book. You can get it at Borders or online or however at The Trance of Scarcity. Go on unityonmaui.org and and push the Click on the Amazon link. Amazon, and it'll be at your house in two to three days, and Unity gets 8 or 9%. So how great. Hey, Victoria, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Conversations with Friends with Mary Omwake is a presentation of Unity on Maui. We are a trans-denominational community and invite you to join us in Sunday morning celebration at 10 a.m. at the Maui Tropical Plantation in Waikapu. Unity also offers children's church and nursery services. If you'd like to join our families of sponsors on Conversations with Friends, please call us at Unity at 242-9327. Do you dream of owning a home or consolidating debt with the refinance? Hawaii's premier mortgage company can make your dream of owning your home in paradise a reality, or they can help in the refinance of your existing home with their experience guaranteed lowest rates, exceptional customer service, little magic premier mortgage can get you a home loan to fit your needs to find out about hawaii's premier mortgage various loan programs call trisha morris and the magicians at either office location call premier mortgage in kihei at 874-8800 or in west maui call 665-8800 and now back to conversations with friends Back on the air, we are speaking with Victoria Castle, who is the author of a fascinating book called The Trance of Scarcity. And it's great, these ideas, the awareness that we're born into it, we carry it in our body. But, you know, in your book, you, uh, Victoria, talk about how important it is to belong. And, and can you tell us something about that? Oh, yes. I, I, for us as biological beings, and certainly as spiritual beings, for, if you look at us biologically, 
basically we couldn't take care of ourselves probably for the first 12 years of our life. Mm -hmm. You know, if we were born and left alone, we wouldn't make it. Mm -hmm. So the need to belong is elemental. I am going to be whoever I need to be, take on whatever I need to take on, so I can continue to be part of the tribe. I mean, it, it comes from deep biological roots. But that's that key that you said, whatever I have to do to belong to this tribe, this family, this group, I'm going to take it on. Because there's a key in that, isn't it, that keeps oh, yeah. us stuck? Oh, so yeah. If, if the stories that I was trained in are ones about I'm not enough, okay, I'll take that on because that's the way to, to belong here. And so most of us, sadly, and much of what I learned, let me just say, I didn't write this book because I always live in flow. <laughs> I love flow. Like I'm much flow. more familiar with the other side of yeah. it. But for many of us, we really have the story that we don't belong, we're not eligible, we didn't make the cut. So our whole life is organized around what I have to do to be enough to actually belong. Hmm. And what? And that's a story. Hmm. So what if we told ourselves a different story or accepted a, another story that said, I already belong. There's no way I cannot belong. Hmm. And that fundamental piece alone it's crippling to people. And and I, I'm very aware when I think about this, and Mary, you and I had talked for a minute, that I went to this sacred activism conference this weekend in Seattle with Jean Houston and Barbara Marks Hubbard and Paul Ray, Marianne Williamson, just many, many luminaries and a thousand other people. It was really extraordinary. Of looking at how much we all want to make a contribution and what stops us from that. And this piece about... I don't belong, or I'm on the outside, so diminishes our capacity to fulfill our own lives and to, to contribute in the way that we want to. So the cost is huge, not just personally, but, but also at a planetary level. Very bad ecology, Jean Houston would say. Yes. <laughs> She must love your somatic work. She loves to work on all the burners and all the modalities. Oh, yeah. yeah well, so. and that's just it. Why not access the full intelligence of the system rather than trying to get this tired little cognitive <laughs> part of us to do all the work? And it's, it's brilliant, but it, it needs its buddies. <laughs> <laughs> the holistic approach. Yeah. In the second part of your book, you talk about the importance of pleasure. Oh, I knew you were going to bring we that up, Jim. Jim was going to wanted to start out with that, <laughs> Victoria. I, I made him hold back. <laughs> Yeah, well, pleasure, you know, it's such a triggering word. And any of us have, that have a good puritanical or Calvinist background, it's like, oh, don't let anybody catch me having pleasure. You know, yeah. because if I have pleasure, I'll become a sloth. Mm -hmm. They always say that about our Sunday service. How can you guys be spiritual? You're having way too much fun. You know, <laughs> oh, yes. So we've really come to distrust pleasure. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, work first, then you get to go out and play. Mm -hmm. And that I think pleasure often for people gets translated as, overindulgence, or what I would call mm. num numb kind of consumption. Mm -hmm. Pleasure, sure, if one is good, three is better. Mm. Mm. But pleasure is bringing myself so fully present to the very moment that I'm in, mm. in, in all ways, with my, my mind, heart, body, spirit, every aspect of me is present enough, mm. so that I get deeply enriched in this moment. I get deeply enriched by seeing the colors in the yard or watching the breeze move through the trees or um, noticing how well the chair holds me so that I don't have to work here. But these very simple things, so it's not something that you're going to have to spend a lot more money to have pleasure. It's, it's quite the opposite, that it, it's about me being completely available to the gift that's always being given to me. And obviously that's where gratitude over you know connects with this concept of pleasure. Right. And, and in, I, I talk about abundance as a cycle, and part of that cycle is receiving. This is another place where many of us are not really very good because, you know, we don't want to be caught receiving. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll get in trouble. We, we get caught grabbing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right. And receiving is when I, it's like I've taken the plexiglass wall down so that I'm available to be touched by mm, life. Mm. And if I have the plexiglass wall up, it's like, there it is. There's the nice compliments or the cars or the food or the whatever it may be is. But it, they only get as far as this little plexiglass shield, and then they kind of bounce off and go on. And I go, oh, 
that's what that feels like. Well, that wasn't really very satisfying. Mm. So we can't get satisfied, which means we consume more. So you don't think Mick Jaggers was right? You can't get no satisfaction? I mean, <laughs> Well, you can't get no satisfaction unless you really make yourself available. available. And, and that's the other part of, of pleasure or of um, mm. receiving is that there is this element of vulnerability. I've taken the shield mm. down. Mm. I'm going to let life touch me. And that doesn't mean that every moment is delicious and wonderful. But if I build my capacity to allow aliveness to move in my system, and that's mm. so much where the somatics work comes in, is that I really set a different um, base note for how I can engage with life. Mm. And it doesn't take me very long then to have something challenging, difficult, bad come into my world, and I can still receive the gift from it, mm. as opposed to living victimized because it was done to me, which again mm. puts me on the outside of the circle rather than very much a part of it. So surrendering and availability are, are synonymous or very similar? I'm fully surrendered to what is? Uh, yes, with a real uh, sense of confidence that God's in charge here. So it's not like I have to be running and hiding from life. Mm. Well, I love that idea, this infinite, invisible, always present, always already God really is moving through us, and I love the way that you've helped people move through the challenges that we're, we're born into, it. we live in it, it's all around us, and uh, we've mostly embodied it, so it's become a part of our own belief system, so it shows up. Um, but but what are now the steps that we start to take out? Because it sounds like a chronic condition. I mean, it's Well, it, it is chronic, and here's the really great news that I didn't understand until about 10 years ago, is that we we are much more malleable than we think we are. You often hear people say, you know, this is the way I am, this is the way I've always been. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out we have great access to shifting who we are. You can teach an old dog new tricks. But you notice the dog has to practice. Uh-huh. And that's really the key thing, is that we want to take on new practices. It's not just a new story with old practices. That's a different recipe for suffering, but it's still suffering. It is really, what are the practices that I want to be in? If I really understand that my inner life determines my experience in my life, then I start having practices that nourish and cultivate my inner life. I don't get up at 5 a.m., get right on the computer until I ha- until the kids get up, quick, get them fed, jump in the car and keep going all day, and then at 9 o'clock at night, go, oh, I'm done. Oh, oh yeah, my inner life. Well, maybe I can get to that tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, so I start getting in the practices. And certainly, I mean, simple ones that I would recommend, and you all live in paradise. One is of being in nature. Mm. And when we get so caught up in the concrete world around us that we can only look at it and not partake of it, we start getting kind of dried up. Well, that's what we talk about. All of Maui is like a, a cathedral. It's yeah. it's everywhere you are. It's very you have to work to be unhappy here, and, and there are people <laughs> you have to work hard. so committed to it that yeah. I mean, it just think. But it's like just it's hard to you know I can be just stressed whatever it is, and just drive for two or three minutes, and I'm overcome by the waves of beauty from a a white egret flying across mm. the blue. We're just talking before we started talking with you, Victoria, about our jacarandas are blooming. After the whales come and we get blessed with that, then the whole Maui turns green and these purple jacarandas mm. just are, I mean, they take your breath away. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, you're so right. So just to be in nature and take your f- shoes off and walk on that grass and walk on the beach and go in that water. And um, yes, you're so... Oh. We are blessed here, I mean, because it's not hard. But people can create pockets of beauty wherever they are, whether it's just a little. And people can get so numb that they miss the beauty. Even in paradise, people get numb. And that's really the opposite of receiving is I go numb. I it, went yeah. numb in paradise. Much, That's so in your I book. <laughs> I went numb in paradise. There's a book. Again, you have to <laughs> try really hard. What, you know, one of the things that we do in this show that's so fun is we ask folks what their personal uh, practice is. So what, do you do, what are the exercises that you do yourself on a daily basis? Ah, yes. Um, when I get up in the morning, our, we have a whole wall that faces east. So on the days that there's sun, but even not. Three days a year. Yeah. No. <laughs> I start my day sitting in a chair facing that wall and before I go into meditation I always read poetry oh you read poetry lovely it's, it's 
lovely for lovely. me, and mm-hmm. whether it's Rumi or Hafiz or Mary Oliver or whoever it may be, there's something that gets me on a different frequency mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Um, so poetry is one. Mm-hmm. Spending time with my dog because she is a brilliant teacher about being present and being in the moment and being in gratitude. So playing and being in nature are the big three for me. Mm-hmm. And, and I can tell when I'm kind of stirring and working at my desk and have lots of things to do and it's like I can't quite find myself. It's like, okay, go outside, go on, get mm-hmm. out. <laughs> and that helps There's you actually shift. a story in my book about my former dog who basically came and pulled me outside because she could see that I was... Oh my! Well, you're sitting cycle. here. Our uh, our producer Jim, who you've been talking with today, his his book is How to Meditate with Your Dog. Oh, and uh, so, so that, we recommend that. So I'll oh, check out lovely. your book. Check out How to Meditate with Your Dog. It sounds like <laughs> it sounds like uh, we're kindred souls. And the poetry and all. Now, what about the power of intention? I, I think that's very important, and I want to watch that I've gotten myself into the state of flow. Mm-hmm. when I intend because mm-hmm. if I'm intending from contraction or scarcity mm-hmm. there's still some kind of hook mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. kink in the hose there mm-hmm. then we get very willful I'm mm-hmm. going to intend this into mm-hmm. being yeah. and everything got tight again and it feels a little mm-hmm. tightness when you just say that yeah, yeah. as opposed to confident expectation I'm yeah. very clear that this is what will serve me and so I open myself to that or mm-hmm. even something better because the universe is much more resourceful than I am and yeah. I rest in a kind of confident about it rather than any kind of clutching grabbing grasping for mm-hmm. it with my uh, I read in the morning Ho- uh, Kahana Pono a book it's uh, just page page and a half of Hawaiian practices and the one I opened to today was um, I think it would translate let go just let go. And once you've set your intention, once you've uh, visualized, once you or whatever it is, just let it go. The universe has got it. Yeah, now just be present to what is and trust. Like you know, it's so simple, but like the farmer that's put its seed in the ground, you don't have to. You can go out and live your day because the universe has the has the request, has the intention, and and you're so right about just letting it go and and being present to what is and. One of the affirmations that I use all the time is I know everything I need to know exactly when I need to know it. Oh, yeah. and Boy, and that's so important in our culture because we all think we're supposed to know everything ahead of time. No, right. just when I need to know. <laughs> just so I'm having dinner. I've got my, my ticket to India, and I've got my hotel. I've got my driver going to drive me from Delhi all the way to um, Dharamsala where the Dalai Lama is and over to the Taj Mahal and I've got everything set up and I'm having dinner over at Jim's house on Mother's Day and I, one of the people there says, oh, do you have your visa? And I go, visa? Do you need a visa? I've been to India several times, but I guess I've always gone in a chore, and it's all good. So I go home, and I get online, and I type in. This is Sunday night. Mm-hmm. I type in India uh, Embassy San Francisco, and it comes up, and they have a thing there, right? You just type in your request. I type in my request. Before I turn my email off, they have emailed back exactly what to do. <laughs> and it's a personal letter. It's Sunday night in San Francisco. Whoa. So I was working through the night. I know everything I need to know when I need to know it. I've got five weeks before I've got to get to the airport. And uh, I thought, wow, now, see, hadn't been at that dinner. It just came up. And American Airlines didn't tell me. And the people in Dharamsala didn't mention yeah. it. And But there's somebody that, that I just met. The universe gives you what you need. Just what you need to know. And didn't need to know it last week. But I know it in plenty of time to get it done. So I just love living in that awareness that right now we are present to what is. And And you are so much more available to bring your life energy into the world you live in as Mm. a result of it. It's Mm -hmm. not all contracted and tightened down and Mm. and anxiously wondering and being concerned or, or caught in regret about the past, but... Aliveness, you know, it's almost like aliveness is welcome here. Mm. Aliveness, boy, that's a great bumper There's sticker, a, Jim. Jim's a great big entrepreneur. <laughs> aliveness is welcome here. <laughs> I yeah, like and that. so that's the soma or the embodiment that yeah. I want to take on. That aliveness really is welcome here. So there's room for great joy. There's room for great compassion. There's room for great sadness because I don't want to miss that part of life either. But, but don't, I, I don't worry, I, I that shows up. But keep, you know, but the thing that people do is close right down around it. Oh, okay. I, I was just going to say. As opposed to let it move through. We went with, uh, we t- went with Jean Houston since you are there with her. We took about 125 people to Greece. So it wasn't really a tour. It was more like a, uh, expedition. Uh, it was like, yeah, it was a, you know, that's a lot of people. And, uh, and Jean, 
because Jean wanted us to have the full experience of the great Greek god, starts evoking from the depths the shadow. And I walked over to her the first night, and I whispered <laughs> in her ear, and I said, Jean, my experience is when you have 120 people on five boats in a foreign country, the shadow shows up. <laughs> you don't, you, you don't usually have to. <laughs> well, Jean, you know, wanted to make sure we had the full, and I mean, we, from, oh my, from the depths, everybody's shadow showed up. And we had food fights. We had just battles going on. You have to ask Jean that story. Because, you know, there is a way when you are willing. Did, whatever are you joking? Be, did she really... She uh, evoked uh, it. She did. Well, I yeah, mean, it because a she oh, of course, Jean. Oh, from the depths it. of our being, okay. you know, and and I was just being practical about it. You know, <laughs> it my my anyway. experience <laughs> is that you know, anytime you get enough people in a room, the shadow. I, my my experience is the shadows up and had a cup of coffee an hour before you even think about starting your day. You know, so, but it, it's so good to be present to, and that's the trance. It's really the part of us that's caught in the illusion, and it's just so great what you've written here. The book for those of you who've just tuned in is the trance of scare. The author is Victoria Castle. You can go online. You can go to your local bookstore. Practical, good stuff. It's just one way, more way of seeing how we got caught in a spell. Mm. You know, Jesus was so clear. It's spread out upon the earth. You just don't have a consciousness yet to see it and to embody it and bring it forth. And the full. I love this line. Um, aliveness is welcome here. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. We're gonna get a bumper well, sticker. Well, that sounds like a great bumper sticker. Yeah. Yes, aliveness welcome and, here. And let me just say that I've also designed a group study guide oh. so that people can use the book together. Because in community, I always think is where it's the most powerful. And my website, transofscarcity.com, is where you can get that. And also. Um, that's the, one word, transofscarcity. Yes. Yeah. Not and also the, the practices in the book, because okay. there's practices in every chapter. I okay. put those on a CD if that's an easier way for people to use them. Well, you gave us three of your personal practices. Are there a couple in the book you'd like to share? Oh, gosh, there's lots of them. There's certainly the whole practice about how you cultivate your state, that state that matches with ease and flow. And, yes, I, I would offer this one, and it's a gratitude practice. Oh. It's a variation of Tonglin and it's one that Pema Chodron teaches. And Tonglin is so much about connecting with whatever's in the world. And often it's about the sorrow or pain in the world that I breathe that in and mm-hmm. then breathe out love or breathe out compassion. Mm-hmm. This one is to take something in your day, and it can be incredibly simple, like uh, a beautiful fragrance or a good cup of coffee or... Um, uh, <laughs> I use the example of that you have a full tank of gas. Now that's even more something to be grateful <laughs> yeah. for. But, but something simple and then become very present to that and take in the gratitude of that. And on the exhale, that may all people know this, whatever it is, may all people know this comfort, this nourishment, this aliveness, this um, trust, this, this beauty, that it's a way that we can keep weaving ourselves back into the whole mm. so that part of what it does is I don't need to feel guilty when there's beauty and richness in my life. I will partake it on behalf of all beings. That is a great exercise. It's so resonant with the wonderful real- realization that Masaru Emoto brought forth about in the way of water that you you can't help but take in that positive thought and love and flow it out without shifting the vibrational field you're in. Yeah, just so we not can do it all day long. All day long. Simplest thing. I went in to fill up my gas tank, uh, and uh, I put my credit card in with no limit, and you know they stopped at $50. <laughs> I've got a little car. I mean, I've got a little sports car. It stopped, and, and, and it, I st- you know, usually when you go in, you pay cash, yeah. but they actually must put a limit on your credit card. Okay. I've never seen that. They're going to have to bump it. <laughs> uh, they're they're totally going to have to change it. You know, probably have- wanted to keep somebody from coming in and just when they're just loading up the, something, but was, that was a shocker a couple nights ago. Well, we have some of the highest gas prices in the country. And we're proud to say it. We are. We, are. <laughs> yes, we, we capped it what it's something and then California went right over the top yeah. so we had to do ours. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah. I think we're holding our own. I think mine was 319 yesterday. No. Well, that's, uh, that's it's been cheap. a while that, since that, we that, saw 319. Well, oh, gosh, really? I remember back today. No, we're, we're, we're much higher than that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I got some from under $4, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that something? Remember when we were of an age where you could get a tank of gas, for, I mean, or a gallon of gas for 39 cents? I, I actually remember that. Yeah. I was 24 when I was in college. Well, we're talking back to the to the social activism. Actually, as we all know, is actually good 
to, we're beginning to start to pay the economic price of, of what that petroleum is really costing. Well, I'm I'm waiting for the visionary. I want to say it out here when the vibration is listening. I'm looking for leadership in our country mm-hmm. and leadership on the beautiful island of Maui who stand up for the, the vision of a world that works for everyone. And one of them is if we can put a man on the moon in 10 years, we can put renewable energy that's safe. I'm not talking about the stuff that might contaminate right. the whole the safe renewable energy. We have sugar uh, We Brazil. have sugar cane. Has you anybody, know? you know, they're not Brazil. They corn. Yeah, right. but you know they Brazil is corn. all sugar. It is, it's but all, we have sugar. We have sugar here I'm in saying Hawaii. Maui has you. sugar and they're going to Iowa to get the to corn. corn. Plant yeah. the sugar because corn has it costs as much to get the corn exactly. ready. Bring it sugar back. is ready. In Brazil, I believe in the next couple years they will be 100% uh, dependent on independent, independent. Uh, uh, using sugar as it, as it is possible if we pay attention yeah. and and one thing I would just say in not terms pay attention of, set the intention and do it yeah do of, it. of the yeah. social yeah. activism is those of us who have the luxury the freedom in life to be able to read a book about our inner selves we're the ones to break the trance of scarcity mm. for the people that are deeply held in it, mm. for the people that are living below poverty, for the people that don't have clean drinking water. This is our work to do on behalf of us and them. That's a powerful call to action. Yeah. So visionary leaders, you know, America was founded by people who caught a vision of something that never existed, never had there been a free people with that Declaration of Independence. As flawed as it may have been perfected when it came into form, forgetting about women and, and black people and children, mm-hmm. and, and as flawed as it may have been practiced, it planted a seed mm-hmm. of infinite possibility. And we're ready now for that kind of visionary leadership to rise again and not solve the daily problems. I look at government, and first they ignore the problems, and then Katrina. They haven't solved Katrina yet. That is an abomination in the richest country in the world, 42% of uh, children with single parents at poverty level, 22% of every kid in America at poverty level. Oh, yeah. so we need, uh, but not to solve that problem, let's shoot higher. Let's aim higher to this beautiful culture society that uh, values and uh, its children and will all flourish. I mean, it's just this is going to be good for everybody. We mm. just yeah, we got to go back to vision. We've as long to. as we're thinking inside of not enoughness, ah. we can't see how to solve the problem. No, that's why it's worth really busting that all apart. Oh, good for you. The book is The Trance of Scarcity. Victoria Castle, great interview. Thanks for calling in from Seattle. Thank you. Totally my pleasure. Thank you so much. We want to invite you to join us Sunday mornings at Unity Church of Maui. Uh, this week only, we're at the Maui Beach Hotel right there in Kahului, right across from Queen Ka'amana Center, 1030, normally 10 o'clock. So just one time, because so many people go to the old place, we want to give them time to get back over. But we'll be back every week. There's classes. Go to unityonmaui.org, and there'll be classes, Compassion Communication, and all kinds of great classes coming up. So take a look at that. Visit our website, conversationswithfriends.com, to hear the show or to learn about our podcast so you can listen to this program anytime, anywhere. And if you'd like to sponsor the program, please call Jim at 242-9327. It is just so great to live on Maui. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back here next Tuesday. I'm James Jacobson. And if you're visiting, take Aloha home with you. It really is up to us to shift the vibration on the field. I guess the music's coming up, Jim. Does that mean we're out? We're supposed to say goodbye. Aloha. Aloha. Aloha.